Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the practically transparent Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Looking for a fresh perspective? Tired of the same old gilded response? Then join the hundreds of others who are saying WTF when asked where they are looking for the newest in trumpet information. Home to the Open Bell podcast, helpful videos, insightful articles, and an always positive vibe, the World Trumpet Federation is here for you. Go to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com to see what all the buzz is about. And by Cromer Music. From the beginning of the Open Bell podcast, Chris Cromer and A Minor Tune-Up have been loyal supporters. And now we are happy to support them as they branch out with Cromer Music, a pro-level shop where you can find the best gear in the industry. At Cromer Music, you will find a carefully curated selection of merchandise that has earned the confidence of top professionals around the world. With a careful strategy to add one product line at a time, Cromer Music will use their vast knowledge and decades of experience to understand your needs and to offer solutions to make your life as a musician easier. To that end, they are proud to announce their first dealer partnership with Marcus Bona Cases. Currently, there are 31 different models to choose from in this great line of cases. So go to www.cromermusic.com, that's C-R-O-M-E-R music.com, to check out the options available on Marcus Bona Cases. Let the Cromer Music team help you find the case you've been looking for. A minor tune-up and Cromer Music, serving brass players with excellent care and products. In case you might be new to the show, we essentially have three segments. Warming up, a couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to cover information that the three of us believe is important. Gentlemen, shall we? This is the segment we call Warming Up, and it gives us a chance to ease into the show by talking about some things that are on our radar. And now stand by for our British cornet correspondent, Brian Appleby Weinberg. Brian, can you hear me? <laughs> Hope it's not too big a delay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, happy, happy 20th episode. And uh, to our there six listeners, thank you for listening, <laughs> listening in and sticking with it. We've got um, to be in the millions by now. Yes. So, At least dozens. Each each time we do one of these, I'm I'm constantly struck by how little about you guys know about cornet playing, and uh, <laughs> since you guys should know more, I'm okay with it. Um, and under the bus we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I thought I'd talk about a person I brought up a while ago, um, just in passing, Bohmer Krill. So we can claim him as American. Dates are 1875. He's born in Hungary uh, at that time, Bohemia. Uh, died in New York, Wilmington, New York, in 1961. Um, he was a violinist. He was a. I thought you said he was a cornet player. Yeah, he was also a banking executive and. Um, oh. I thought you said he was a financial cornet player. Guru. Wow. Well, he eventually grew into. <laughs> there it is. Player. Um, <laughs> like all, like all great cornet players, he was sort of a man of the world. Or person of the world, and uh, he was uh, he was an art aficionado. He was well read. Uh, he was super smart. He was a band leader, and also this amazing soloist. He um, played in Sousa's band for a while, um, and he was known for doing a few things that hadn't really been done on cornet before. Um, he he was actually famous for doing a four octave version of Carnival of Venice. We had talked about that a little bit mm -hmm. before. Um, mm -hmm. He also did multiphonics and. Um, Develop pedal tones on the cornet, which he used rather liberally in in performance, and I've <laughs> I've come up with a little YouTube, <laughs> a little YouTube uh, clip. It's only a couple minutes long um, to give you an idea, and so I'll just share here. Okay. So you guys can get a little sound. We're, we're uh, so high tech here on the open bell. That's right. It's from um, this is from like, uh, nineteen oh four. Uh, so a long time ago, it's a little scratchy. Um, well, they had YouTube still, in 1904. Still get an idea of what, <laughs> what he was doing. So just enjoy this little snippet of Bohmer Krill. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm a fan. Okay, good. So he's Total Showman and uh, Boomer Krill. That's fantastic stuff. <laughs> Love the wax cylinder sound. I still yeah. miss it. <laughs> That's right. Some days I still sound like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's next level. Not only have you kept the cornet alive on this show, now we're back to wax cylinders. That is impressive work. That's that is. Given the opening, there you went. You took it. Yep. Joey, what do you have for us today? I have a question for you guys. So I think we all know the parts of a trumpet, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I sense small, a trap. I blow in the small end, and, and, and the sound comes out, the, comes big out end. the big end. Yeah, generally, right. generally, generally, that works. So you know, we know we got the valves, we got the slides. You know, what do you call the little thing at the end of your tuning slide that you press that opens a little hole? What do you call that? There we go. <laughs> You're totally baiting us into this one. I'm just asking the question. What do you call it? It depends on who's around. No, it doesn't. I think no, Dr. Pixley calls it the. It's a whis key. whisper key, according to Bob Pixley. <laughs> well, and uh, since we have actually dined with the good doctor, we have. That is that is. We've, we've is had we've had Tennessee hot chicken. We have had Bob hot Pixley. chicken with Bob Pixley. That is we a claim to fame. That's right there. <laughs> that and is that is dropping a big name in the trumpet world. I'm it's sure that he's telling the same down. story that he had <laughs> hot chicken with Trombomundi in Nashville. Um. Well, so it depends. I, I mean, just out of habit, I was taught that it's a, it, it's a spit valve, but it's mostly I say, you know, it, if other people around, I'll say water key. Brian? It's a spit valve. It doesn't matter who I'm around. <laughs> so, yes, I don't know when this changed when we were growing up and even when Bill was growing up. Uh, I do there think this was called a spit valve. This is how it was taught to us. This was on the on any kind of you know diagram it would show you and it would say spit valve now all of the diagrams say water key and i want to know when it changed and i want to know why i think it changed when we tried to be more accepted by our peers and referred to it as condensation instead of spit it's not just condensation though then we know that too <laughs> right he's trying to start a fight yeah, I know. No, I'm not trying to try to fight. I am asking some questions. Do we think it's only condensation that comes out of that? So this key? is this is this is not really not about the key with you, is it? <laughs> See, I knew it was a trap. I, I do. I, I am curious about when it actually changed because now the diagrams of the trumpet, the ones that I just if you Google, pull it up and look, right. and it says water key. And I'm like, when did that happen? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know when it changed, but I, I do remember that it did shift because we always just call it a spit valve. Yes. 2010, yeah. I think it shifted. <laughs> That's what it was. Spit was no longer was? There acceptable. Was you could use in public. There was a, some ITG Congre Congressional Act. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> New bylaws. Uh, yeah. That's... That, that's uh, struck me as odd as i it's not water that's coming out of there but it is spit so I, i'm okay still calling it a spit valve <laughs> right and it so, changed from a valve to a key as well it's a water key it's a spit valve so it changed both things it's not both really words. it's not really a valve that's what's interesting well that's just true it's not it, really a key no it's kind of a paddle which is interesting so now we're going to call it the condensation it's paddle. It's kind of a paddle. It's more of a plug. Well, I mean, it's more of a valve as it opens and closes. Well, yeah, I guess. But not in the same sense that the valve is the valve, like the, you know, your valves. Right, but in the broader sense, that is opening or closing a pathway yeah. into the slides. I, I think, look, you, you've got doctoral students at IU, don't you? This yes. this has dissertation written all over. Now it. we're getting somewhere. Yes, I think this is where we're, we'll put the old man on this. I think the old man would be great at this. He'll probably have you an answer in a day. <laughs> yes, and it'll be well written. All right. Yeah. Here we go. That's we'll cool. put the we'll put the old man on it. We'll report back. Right. Or, oral comprehensive exam question. I think. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Pun right. intended. So so, Bill, what do you got for us tonight? Well, I, I'm really on the fence because I, I had a couple different ways. I, we've talked about so many things. I wanted to do some updates on some uh -oh. things, uh -oh. but I think I'm going to save that because I had one of my students came to me and said, hey, 
Brian talked about embouchure change on the podcast. How's that going for him? You know what I mean? They're curious. One of them asked me uh, how my mutes are playing without all the stickers on them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think people want to know. So, but I, what I think is I'm going to, I'm going to just kick that down the road and see, we're going to do an updates segment on the oh, show soon. Right. Idea. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. today I want to talk about Arbon characteristic studies. And most specifically, I want to talk about of the 14 studies. Yes, Brian, there are 14. Wait, there are 14? I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. You know, there are 14. <laughs> I thought there were two. Of the, <laughs> of the 14 studies, I never start with number one. Now, this isn't out of character for me. I never, I think the worst place to learn anything, to start learning anything is the upper left-hand corner. I love to start learning stuff in the middle. So for me, I have a very specific order in which I introduce the Arvin characteristic studies. And uh, I always I start- I do as well. Okay. I start with number eight and I start in the middle of it. I start with number five. Oh, Okay, my order is top three. Can we do, let's do top four? Sure. Eight, then to 10, then to two, then to six. Two? Yeah. Do you have them follow the directions in two? Well, no. Well, see, then that's why I don't go to two that early. Yeah. yeah I but, don't find when I'm introducing those that most people can do that at that right. point. So I don't do it. But but two, I start, I start who's good for a lot of other reasons. All right, five. That's true. Yeah. Go you ahead. don't have to tongue in it. That's why you like that. So I go, <laughs> yeah. uh, I go with five and then four Ooh. and then, uh, seven. Those are the first three I use. Interesting. Five, four, and seven. Yeah. See five is, is rhythmically and musically the, the most simple of it. So I think it's the easiest one mm -hmm. to introduce. Well, that's why I start in the middle of eight. Cause it's right. Right, that's all. But in number five, you know that's it. It's a triplet, not two sixteenths, right? Okay. Yeah, one two three one two one two three one two one two three one two. Triplet, triplet, triplet. Well, when students come in and do that, they go. I'm like, that's not what's written. I say eighth note gets the beat. Right. So get that rhythm and learn to play the whole page. Yeah. Basically one rhythm. So Brian, of, way to start. of the four characteristic studies. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually love eight. I, I do eight and 10 a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I usually, I sometimes start with 13 because it's all slurred. And I also do some multiple tiny with 13. Now we're talking. Hmm. There we go. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of settled on that order over the years, but this is interesting, Joey. I'm going to check out. Yeah. Five. Cause when, I, I agree with you that number one is almost always a bad place to start. It's and terrible place enough, to start. Most so. college students have at least looked back there and have taken a crack at one. And then a lot of them have not taken a great first crack at it. So they come in a little gun shy. Right. Like, oh, we're, oh, we're not going with number one. We'll get to that one. Because it well, is it is challenging in a number of ways that the others are not. So I think that's something to get to. Right. And there there's the bigger picture question, right? I mean, Arvin clearly needed a better editor because they're in the wrong order. Yes. One, one is like nine or ten, maybe. At least. Yeah. Right? It should be yeah. later. One's heavy. Now maybe that's on purpose. Like, okay, kids, this is what you're in for. We're not messing around here. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And you're at the made, back of the book. Let's go. Over. Okay. Right, you got through that one. Great. Now take a big breath because you're going to need it. Here's number yeah. two. <laughs> right. Yeah. The number two is also uh, out, out of order. The first 16 measures in one breath. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You got to move. If you're going to do that in one breath, you, you got to move. move. And, right. and, and, and I hate to say this with, with Brian and earshot, but uh, it's easier on cornet. <sighs> that is a harder thing to negotiate on the trumpet. It also no, sounds better. I, I think it's okay to say that because I think we've summed up Brian right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Whatever's easier, and that that's better. it. Right? <laughs> and sounds better. All right. Well, this is interesting. So, yeah, folks out there teaching them. Yeah, if you're starting with number one, no, no, no. Maybe I think you're doing it wrong. Seven. What's the fourth one you do, Joey? Well, then it depends. It depends on what the student's looking for. Okay. I mean, then I like uh, I like six, eight, and ten. Those are all good ones to go in the next place. Yeah, I think you got to yeah. do eight before six. Yes, maybe. I would agree with that. I don't know, but but yeah. again, it depends on what the student needs too. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. I mean, then you're, it gets you're right. Very dependent That's the, upon student. Yeah, that's great. All right, cool. Well, 
Of course, you know what's next. What it's time for Backboard Bingo, the cool. anniversary edition. Oh, man. Backboard okay, bingo. you said the anniversary edition. The anniversary of what? Well, it's the anniversary of our show. It's the 20th episode. Is that an anniversary? That's just a number. I think it's an anniversary, Brian. Yes, it's anniversary of, of what? And we're celebrating of the beginning of the show. The start of the show. Then how is this different than the nineteenth being? The I don't understand you. The some of the Numbers. common for as smart as you are, some of the common <laughs> things you don't know. It just amazes me. But the word anniversary has real meaning. It does, and we're celebrating one right now. Do you know what anniversary how means? Common <laughs> concepts to you, like you don't understand how bingo works, for example. Yeah, come on. I know that there's a card. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go backboard bingo the anniversary edition this is Man. all anniversary dates to people in the appleby weinberg family oh my god I'm no it's not <laughs> joey no, will it's still not. win no, it's not. yeah joey could still win all right question number one in 2026 this famous instrument manufacturer will celebrate its 70th anniversary a getson B. Shilke. C. Benj. D. Blessing. In 2026, this famous instrument manufacturer will celebrate its 70th anniversary. 70. So you said, say that again. A Getson. is Getson. B is Shilke. C is Benj. D is Blessing. All right, Brian, you going first or am I going first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Shilky. I'm actually going to agree with him because Blessing and Benj don't make their own horns anymore, so those don't count. They've been mm -hmm. bought out. Um, so I'm going to go with Shilky as well. I think Shilky's right. And you're both right. Yeah, yeah look at it that. is Shilky. Yeah, Nineteen, I, yeah, 1956. You didn't know that just from being being in Chicago <clears throat> so much. Just in, in I don't know when he started. So. <laughs> no, 56. But you know, he was he was playing the Chicago Symphony. Yeah. You know, he was a, yeah. Ren was a, a real trumpet player. Right. Yeah. And now Shilke owned by Andrew and Julie Nauman. Andrew That's and I were in school together in North Texas. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, great guy. All right. Well done, gentlemen. All right. Question number two. 1988 marked the 200th anniversary of the first attempt to create a valve mechanism in the form of a trumpet. The inventor who first tried this configuration in 1788 was A. Jean-Baptiste Arbin, B. Adolf Sachs, C. Guillaume Fietti, D. Charles Claggett. Is that to me or to you? <laughs> that, well, to you. It's a doctoral question, right? Uh, I think that's Claggett. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's totally Claggett. Brian Claggett. Oh, and we're tied. I can't believe it. We're still tied. That's amazing. Yeah, you have so, a doctorate. You should you, get that. You should have letters after your name. <laughs> oh, he does. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Arben. Arben, of course, J.B. Arben, right? Writer, yeah. performer, not a builder. Adolf Sachs. That's that's just and to throw a little saxophone. bit. Saxophone. Yeah, a little curveball there. But he is an inventor. C. Yeah. Guillaume Fietti, of course, is Guy Fietti of diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> So if you're paying worst, attention, he's the worst haircut in TV. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the answer was D, Charles Claggett. Yeah, yeah. Great. Question three. 2019 marked the 10 year anniversary of the resurgence of a specialized trumpet lead pipe that was designed to have no taper. The original inventor created a design that had 13 precise chromatically stepped chambers inside the actual lead pipe to account for the resonance on each semitone. Who was the inventor of the original Accusonic lead pipe? <laughs> Accusonic? That's the name of it. I, okay, I kind of love that. A. A. Reynold Schilke. B. Gene Pilksick. C. Cliff Blackburn. D. Edward Getson. <clears throat> All right. A. I have, I have, I have no. This is a 
Uh, wait, Brian, you going first in this one? Is this I your can turn? go first? All right, yeah. I have a. I'm just guessing on this. I do not know, but I, I have a guess. I don't actually. I don't actually know, but I'm really. Good. Do you want the names again? I heard yeah. the names. You got so it. Okay. Say the names one more time. Okay, A. Reynolds Shilkey. B. Gene Pilksick. C. Cliff Blackburn. D. Edward Getson. Oh my gosh. Well, I I really want it to. I really want it to be one of the names I actually know. Wait, you don't know all like of those names? Getson, Claxon, the second. Get Pilksick. Pilksick. Yeah, I think it's Pilchick. Oh, you know, Pilchick. I think it's Pilchick. You know the answer to this? I don't know I, the answer. But I, I do knew. Know all the, I knew all the names. I knew the answer. <laughs> I, I knew no the answer. But this is the way I always heard it growing up. That's the way yeah. I've heard all those. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer. I'm guessing at the answer, but I, I I have never heard the term accusonic lean pipe, which I love mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah, and fantastic. I want to bring that back. Okay. Yeah. I, boy, I have I have no idea. I would. Yeah, I'd guess the 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 person I've never heard of before because that sounds ridiculous, like a ridiculous name. Okay. For a, so Brian says B. Uh, actually, I think that's right. I think it's Pilchick. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that right. That is was the my answer. Guess. Why and is we're that your dead guess? on? Here, because he was he was making lead pipes. I knew that he was making Pilchick lead pipes. I right. did not know they were called Accusonic. That's amazing. So you may know this too, then, Joe, because in 1999, is it Rich Ida or Rich yeah. Ida? I, I, think it's, I think it's I think it's Ida. Okay. Yeah. So he he bought all the gear and all the stuff, and now he's making the the Pilksick, what I I always heard growing Acu up, Pilksick Ac lead pipe, Accusonic lead pipe. Accusonic lead pipe. Now, yeah. Rich, he's in Atlanta, right? We're thinking of those same uh, I think that that's right. I think yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, guys. I am tied. Just, I Good am guess. Amazed. I'm just amazed that you are like, well, see, here's the difference, Brian. and nailing this. This is no, no, Here's the difference, Brian. We know what's going on now, <laughs> and you know what happened with cornets 200 years ago. It's <laughs> yeah. just a matter right. of your focus. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like, how would you... The lead pipe bends down so quickly. How would you fit 13 <laughs> chambers in there? What the heck? Yeah. You make it straight. Yeah. But I can tell you about this guy playing on a wax cylinder, you know, that went to high school with Moses. Right. <laughs> My father-in-law has a wax cylinder of Clark playing. Of course he does. Wow. Okay. All right. Question four. 2020 marks the anniversary of the granting of a patent for a triangular-shaped trumpet mute. To whom... Was this patent granted? A. Lance Harmon. B. Gary Humes. C. Dennis Wick. D. Thomas Crown. A triangular mute. Yes. And a 2020 marks the anniversary of the granting of a patent for a triangular shaped trumpet mute. No offense, Brian. To whom was this patent granted? <laughs> I'm going with Humes. Yeah, Humes and Berg, yeah. There it is, Humes and Berg. Yeah, absolutely. 100th anniversary. 1920 was the, when the patent was granted. And it wasn't until Brian came around that they took the stickers off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they put those things up there. <laughs> Don't they know anything? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. All right. 2023 will mark the 90th anniversary of a unique trumpet mouthpiece that was advertised as having an improved chambered throat, a non-slip grip, and a cushioned rim to stop pressure marks and the hindrance of perfect blood flow through the lips. Yes. Wow. 90, 90 years? 90 yeah. years. 90th anniversary. The mouthpiece designer was none other than A, Reynolds Schilke, B, Vincent Bach, C, Rudy Muck, D, Arthur Blessing. All right, Brian, is it your turn? Yeah, it's my turn. Boy, I, I, I really want it to be Bach, but I don't think they would claim all of those things. They wouldn't have to. They'd just rest on their sound, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean the sound? There sound. it is. <laughs> yeah. So not them. Uh, Shilky, Bach, Muck, or Blessing. Well, so Shilke is 70th, 70th anniversary coming up, right? You're so paying attention them. for you. Muck. Yeah, I think it's Rudy Muck. I agree. It is Rudy Muck. Yeah, it's the Rudy Muck. Those are, wow. those are really popular commercial mouthpieces. So, uh, yeah. 
Is that the day? I love I yeah. loved the You don't know Rudy Muck or Pilchick? No oh, I this is not okay. No, you've got to know this stuff. I yeah, I love the stop pressure marks and the hindrance of perfect blood flow through the lips. Perfect that's, blood flow through the lips. That, is it? That's right, impressive. Right. We got to bring that kind of advertising back to mouthpieces. Great. There I'm it gonna, is. I'm gonna, I'm we got to call Carl funny. Hammond and Peter Pickett and say, "Hey, do your mouthpieces help with the perfect blood flow through the lips?" <laughs> and, and see what or, they have to say. Or about are you that. still hindering? Are you hindering, hindering my perfect blood flow? Because I need and, to know. And how's the? Has your chamber been improved? Because yeah, exactly. uh, and I needed to not slip around so much. But those Rudy Mucks, I mean, they were might have been the first kind of popular cushion rim mouthpieces out there. And a lot of commercial players, and especially in the 50s and 60s, a lot of people were using them. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We have a tie. It's impressive. It's a dead on backboard bingo. That was, that was impressive. Tie. Yeah. That's good. I think that well, means that you lose, right? Because that means Brian and I won. I probably, came, yes, I came in third. It's a tie for first. <laughs> All right. No nice. second prize. And I came in third. Exactly. <laughs> All right, boys, it's time time for a couple things. No matter what you may be into, there are always going to be rules. Now, these are more guidelines than anything, but if you want to be successful, be accepted, and be hired back, you may want to quiet down, listen up, and start taking notes because these are the rules. Now, gentlemen, if you don't mind, I'd like to get us started with rule one, which is obey the rules. They are the rules. These are the rules. We so all know. Made, yeah, we know these going in and now there's no excuse. So if you're one of those people that thinks the rules are made to be broken, you are wrong. And that is not yeah. how this works. And we're and, here to tell you that. Yeah. Yes. And don't get us wrong. These aren't guidelines or suggestions. You just said these are guidelines. Well, I didn't mean to. These are the rules. <laughs> Somebody needs to write him another script. <laughs> Karen, someone get me Karen. She did not write your script. <clears throat> no, Karen didn't warrant the script. No. But yes, they are the rules. Obey the rules. This is a good place to start. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. Rule number two. Any takers? <laughs> well, this is me, of course. If it doesn't sound good, no one cares. There it is. <laughs> What Correct. you really mean is if it doesn't sound like a cornet, no one cares. No one cares, of course. That's right. exactly what I mean. If you haven't recorded it on wax, no one cares. Now we're talking. <laughs> the authentic sound. This is this is a really a good fundamental, though. There are people that are working on their, on their fingers, and they're working on their flexibility, and they're working on everything. And so they've got great technical facility and may even have great musical ideas. But if what comes out the bell is... <laughs> None of that other stuff matters. Brian's exactly right. Yep. Absolutely. No one cares how high or how fast or whatever it is. If it doesn't sound good, no one cares. All right, moving on. Rule number three. I'll take this one if you don't mind. It's not about the trumpet. <laughs> not with you, it isn't. It's not about the trumpet with you, is it? It's about everything else. The trumpet is simply a vehicle for you to be a great musician in person figure that out figure it out are you saying trumpet players should be good people i am that might be news to some of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> that bears repeating also it's going to be very difficult for our trumpet players it probably will be it probably will be but it's not about the trumpet it's really about everything else which is why brian left us and became a cornet player yeah of course except for when he's with us and we make him play trumpet Yes, which he does really loudly, loudly, <laughs> really loud. Uh, actually, the next one's mine, too. I, I'm going to go with this one because I stole it from the cycling world. But free your mind and your chops will follow. Right. <laughs> yes. Think, think about the music. Think about what's possible. Don't be limited by what you can do today, but have a vision for where you want to go, how you're going to practice to get there and how it is you'll contribute. And even in the short term, if you're in a performance and you are performing and thinking about your chops, and we've discussed this a little bit here, like, well, now I've got to, and I need to, and I've got to work. Nope. Clear that mind, open up, think music. And guess what? You'll actually last longer. You will think, wow, my endurance got better. Where not really. Your endurance was already mm -hmm. fine. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. So how, how do you free your mind? Well, 
yeah, for me, it's just, it's that it's delving into the music or thinking about all the things you should be thinking about, not the mechanics and the physical part of it. Had a great lesson today uh, with a student who's working out of the Conconi book, the lyrical studies, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, first pass through was okay. Everything was in the right place, right? Sounded pretty nice. But then we had a conversation about Conconi and uh, about language, right? And how the etude is a paragraph and the phrases are sentences and, the, and, the, and each note is a word. And it's in this particular case with an Italian inflection. And if you're imagining that conversation going on and all that happening, well, then it changes the way you play it, changes the way you phrase it. And things really kind of came to life. So, and in the process of that, a whole bunch of other things got better. Intervals got better. Slurs got better. Right. And so that's it. Freeing your mind and being part of the music, the chops will follow. Yes, right. It's about it's about where to focus, you know, and that focus. Right. Should you should be music centric. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Brian, you should try it. <laughs> Again, if I had a nickel for every time Brian leaned over and said, I'm on my teeth. Exactly. <laughs> be very, very rich. My dude, we've been here for 10 minutes. I know. <laughs> we just started. We just finished the YouTube. We just started. Warm shot exactly <laughs> brian i think i think you should take rule five this so, has your name all over it rule number five a cornet is not a trumpet but it should be <laughs> it should be the place everybody starts and everybody goes back to so It'll make trumpet players so much better right but are you it makes it sound like you think there shouldn't be trumpet players you think it should be cornet players well, maybe. <laughs> that he maybe. thinks everyone should be a cornet player at heart. Yes, of course. I think, you know, uh, my teacher in, in, the, um, in the Cleveland Orchestra, Jim Darling, and, uh, and the guy I worked with, Zouder, they were cornet players at heart, too. Mm. They All right, so, cornet. Joey, you use art of phrasing for a number of things in the Arben book, right? Yes, what's I the do. What's the model of sound in your head when you're trying to get a student to play those the right way? A beautiful singing trumpet sound. Like a, oh, there. <laughs> Come on, you didn't think I was going to walk into that. I'm stepping in that one. I object, Your Honor. Objection overruled. <laughs> Refer to rule number five. Refer to rule number five. Um, all right, I'm going to take six because Joey's just dying to talk about seven. Rule number six, mouthpieces will be clocked and cleaned. I'm right? very good at the first part of that. Put <laughs> <laughs> Joey was shocked one day. He we're talking to the phone. He goes, What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning all my trumpets. He goes, You do that? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, you don't clean your horns? Well, not not myself. No, that's what I have Chris Cromer for. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's why Chris is still in business because of Joey's annual standing order. If I if I could just live closer to Delaware, it'd be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we did talk about this on a previous episode but clocking that mouthpiece putting it in the right place and then caring for that mouthpiece so that you're right you you're off to a good start give yourself a chance to succeed if you want things to be consistent then put, make it. them consistent those are two ways to make sure that that's that's not it's not the mouthpiece it's you yeah we're getting to that yeah <laughs> all right joey go ahead rule seven number seven daily practice is non-negotiable oh wait, there are what do times you mean? every I, this day this is what i mean every, <laughs> every day, day? <laughs> every day when uh, this is the idea i have heard people say things like well i didn't really get to practice on thursday or friday so then i practiced a lot on saturday and let's <laughs> make this very clear one hour a day is better than three hours on one day yes. every third day it's not mm. okay right every day smart practice so there is no excuse do it how many days in a row? Like, do you go for a hundred? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of the days. All of the days in a row. Now, wait. Consecutive. I have. I have a quote on my door. I have a quote on my door from you. There are two exceptions. Yeah, my my first trumpet teacher he said, "You get your birthday and you get Christmas off." He told me that when I was eleven years old. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bernie Nero. He said, yeah. "Listen, but you, you get, but you get no, birthday you, off and Christmas off." You have another quote, which is. You either don't want to get better. Oh, yeah. You're sick or injured. Right. Right. Mm. Those yeah. Are the, those are of the course. Ones. Yeah. If you're sick or injured, I mean, that's reasonable. But Or you don't want to get better. 
Yeah, right. If you just if you're okay getting mm. worse, because you know, that's you, the other thing, you're you think not staying the same. You think you don't need to? There it is. You think yeah. you don't need to get better? Yeah. yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to get better, that's perfectly reasonable reason not to practice. I love Rule Seven. Me too. Daily practice, non-negotiable. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian. Brian, Rule Eight is <laughs> all you, all brother. You, baby. <laughs> yes. All you. Excellence isn't pie. There's plenty for everyone. <laughs> I love this rule. We can all be happy for great players all around us. We don't have to knock people down for being excellent. It doesn't affect us at all. Hold in on fact, a second. It makes our lives better. But if I pay a compliment to someone else, doesn't that mean that I'm worse? <laughs> wow. I, I thought this one was about pie. <laughs> well, everything's about pie. I'm so yeah, I'm hungry. So and confused. As, as auxiliary rule: blueberry pie is the best pie. Just for no, the no. Oh yeah, apple. No raspberry. Raspberry. Oh come oh, on, that's not even a real pie, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like the cornet's not a real trumpet. <laughs> no one is shocked that you picked raspberry pie. That is not. Good. Yeah, that's awful. Mm. All right, number nine. I believe this one's mine. I believe it's yours. I have said this a lot. My students will not be surprised. People who know me will not be surprised, but this is a rule and an important one. If the Clark book is open, the metronome is on. <laughs> Period, exclamation point, end of sentence. There are it's lots of people who decide to, they'll, oh, I'll kind of go through a Clark study and they'll play the ones they're comfortable with fast and the ones they're struggling with slower. And that is not good use of your time. It's not effective practice metronome on one metronome marking for a whole study and when they're all really good then it goes up by one metronome is on there it is even clark two yeah for for you guys both <laughs> of the, the clark end? studies <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right uh i'll take rule number 10 if that's okay yeah rule 10 warming up is for the weak and insecure <laughs> <laughs> now a little bit tongue-in-cheek here because we have talked about the fact that right do you warm up right do you really have a segment that is warming up or do you right or, or is it just practicing what do you do each day and of course we have fallen down on the side of we practice correct every day. right yeah. start practicing so yeah do you feel yeah, like you gotta you know sometimes people can use the term warming up as an excuse to not sound good well i'm just warming up it doesn't really matter yeah. Oh, so you're practicing how to sound bad? This doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. I uh, I remember a story that my my teacher Kevin Eisensmith told me when he was in the Army band. Uh, someone came to him and said, "I heard you're, you know, a great teacher, and uh, I'm having real endurance issues. You know, getting through the gig." And Kevin's like, "Well, yeah, look, let's let's talk about it. You know, let's get together." So they get together and visit, and the guy says again, "You know, I'm having endurance issues," and he says, "Well." What do you, you know, what do you do to start your day? What do you do to, you know, you're practicing warming up or whatever. He goes, well, I have really extensive, extensive warm up. He's like, oh, you do? How long is it? He goes, well, I, I warm up for an hour and a half. I have to. <laughs> Kevin said, well, I, I just fixed your endurance problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut that down to five minutes. That'll be a hundred dollars. <laughs> and I remember something Keith told me one time. He said, you know, be able to play, make, make sure you're always ready to perform, right? Make sure you're always ready. But always know that you can be ready without having a chance to play ahead of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Charlie it's just. Guy, and Charlie Geyer said this to me. He's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna leave here. You're gonna run late for a gig. You're gonna show up, and you're not gonna have time. And they're gonna be going." Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it would might have been my first year out of college. Somebody gave me bad directions. Now this is before the internet. This is before cell phones. So I'm driving out northwest of Baltimore, and they told me to go the wrong way off of 95. Well, by the time I get there. I'm tw they're 20 minutes into the first set and the band leader knows because somebody else who knew the area is like, you know, your directions are wrong. And I was new to town. So I pull up my horn and we go into, you know, what turns into a four hour, you know, wedding gig where you're playing horn charts and stuff. And there's, you just got to pull it out and go. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, look at that. My teacher was right again. How about that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're right on this one. Rule 10, an important one. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. Can I take 11? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right, I already hinted at this as we were talking about the cleaning, but mm -hmm. it isn't the mouthpiece. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> if you think your failings are equipment-based, if that's the first place you're going, you're looking in the wrong place. All you need is a mirror. 
Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. where you should be looking for. You don't need a new mouthpiece. You need a mirror. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Outstanding. A little dose of honesty there. Save the money. Uh, use invested in beer and pizza. There you go. Yeah. A little reward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll take twelve, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in such a way because I'm gonna lob it up because Joey just can't even wait. Oh no! He's so salivating. He's so excited for rule number twelve. Rule Paul. number twelve. Paul. <laughs> Consider the source. Okay. <laughs> now we're going to bring this back. This is going to be, we're going to, it, it's got to be an episode. This is going to be a topic, a larger topic it, that we're going to talk about be. in depth. But for example, if there is someone who has never been a professional trumpet player and has never been a professional trumpet teacher and has no record of either and is trying to tell you how to play the trumpet, why would you listen to that person? It's a great question. It is. Yeah, I agree. It's a great question. But it's there a are, great question. There are people out there that are really, really anxious to show you what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And those people don't seem to have any record of knowing how to do what we want to be doing. <laughs> I want you to consider the source. Do a little bit of homework and say, does this person have any idea or any record of any any sort of uh, experience yeah. in this area any credentials or yeah yeah a, a great track record as a player or a teacher interesting yeah there's no yeah. peer review on the internet is there <laughs> there is not no no peer review no uh brian why don't you take lucky number 13 lucky number 13 my part is not your problem. <laughs> if I walk into rehearsal and hear you practicing my solo, there are going to be words. <laughs> well, th that that's one part. But how about the person who is very happy to lean over and tell you how you should be playing in rehearsal? Because that better. happens as well. Yeah, yeah you know, like... For example, leading a rehearsal from the third chair. <laughs> that is the Trumpamundi way. That is the Trumpamundi way. Who's the beginning? It's done. Who's playing third on this? All right. How do you want to go about this? <laughs> that oh, that's so good. <laughs> that is the way it works. Oh. Uh, okay, rule 14. Dress for the gig you want, not the gig you have. Yeah. Kind of borrowing that from the business world a little bit. But you got to know the audience. You got to know the gravity of the situation. And if that calls for a tie, you might want to wear one. Yeah, if you're a gentleman, put a tie on. Yeah. yeah. If it makes you uncomfortable, still put it on for the guys. Yeah. Well, anybody, you know, anybody can wear a tie. Yeah, right. But, but the idea, if you show up, if you show up to a gig, everybody's dressed one way and you're way under that. Yeah. My, uh, you're probably not getting called back. And this is, and listen, I am probably the least formal of all of us. I am someone who wants to live in a t in t-shirt and shorts all of the time. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what's in my closet. Whenever I go, when pops orchestras, you know, I've done a lot of pops orchestra things. But once we agree on, uh, yes, I can do it, and here's when it is, and here's how it's going to go down. What does the orchestra wear? Is my next question because pops orchestras wear all kinds of different things. You know, somewhere the mm. white jackets, somewhere tuxes. Every once in a while, they're like, "Oh, well, it's actually part of a classical series. Make sure you have tails. You have to have the right clothes. Right, got to look right." Yeah, and it's always better to be a little overdressed than at all underdressed. Right. Um, our, my guitar teacher colleague here, Randy, says some really funny things to me. And one of the things he said to me one day was, "He says, Bill, the world's a tuxedo, and I'm a brown shoe." <laughs> 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 that's pretty good it is really good yeah that is he's good. he's got a lot of those uh but yeah uh you have an opportunity whether it's a job interview right or an audition mm -hmm. take, go take the extra step yeah, yeah make an impression absolutely. completely worth it uh boy 15 think, joey this is all you this is yeah this is another one i've, I've been using for years and years is well it's just this simple breathing is so easy even a sleeping baby can do it because <laughs> boy it's amazing how hard trumpet players can make breathing there are all kinds of extra equipment there are all kinds of extra exercises and all i'm thinking is isn't this just in with the gooder and out with the bad i mean this is pretty a simple concept right I'm, we've been I'm doing it you. our entire lives let's not make this 
difficult. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. There's a, it's much ado about nothing, right? Yeah. Like there's just, there's a lot. And I, I think sometimes it's focus on that so much. You're just inviting a whole bunch of extra tension because you're trying to envision some crazy thing when all you need to do is take a big breath and blow. I, I actually think that there are a lot of trumpet teachers out there who may not know what else to say. So they're like, well, let's, let's make sure your breathing's nice and relaxed, which, Hey, a nice relaxed breath is a great concept. But I just don't think it's a difficult one to execute for most people. <laughs> How many lessons does it take? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Bill, I think you're up. I'll take 16. The word is embouchure, not armbouchure. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? If you're, uh, if you're hooking that pinky under that octave key there on the lead pipe, you might want to reconsider that. Yeah, using that left arm, you know. Yep. And you're the Armstrong method. The Armstrong method is a word. Yeah. Pulling that back. Yeah. You might, might want to reconsider. Yeah. Playing with that much pressure is not good. Another, I'll credit Kevin Eisensmith also with this story in the army band, a guy that he played with used the armbusher to such a degree one day pulled the pinky ring off the lead pipe in the middle of a long ceremony outdoors. Nice. Hand came back with such force that he knocked himself to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that might be a bit too much pressure being used there. Had too much. Tad too much. Who who snapped um, two rings off of his lead pipe. Yeah. Wow, really? He was a professional player. Yeah, he had to redo his face and uh, then he just eliminated them. He doesn't have them on his instrument anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remove the temptation. Wow. That that's is crazy. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. His top lip looks like it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have Oof. seen some players like that. He's a really good player, but yeah. 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 They're kind of, they kind of mash him in there. Yeah. Okay. Rule 17. It doesn't get easier. You just play better. This is about not expecting to arrive at some magic place after a couple of years of work and figure that you just don't have to practice anymore. Right. You got to stay after it. I had this conversation with a a good friend of mine who was asking me about some practice techniques and I gave him a couple of things. And a couple months later, he's like, this stuff works. This is great. And then a couple months after that came back to me, it's like, man, what do I do? And I said, I thought you were doing, you know, like this practice thing and this practice thing goes, well, yeah, those were working. So I stopped. And I said, well, <laughs> then you just have to keep doing them. And he said, well, how long? And I said, forever. <laughs> and then he said, well, I'm not doing that. And I said, then you're going to be frustrated. Right. Because if you keep practicing, you, if you're smart about your practice, you can keep getting better and better and better and better. But the problem is you're never done. Right. It's, it's, isn't that the Pablo Casals uh, quote? Somebody who was 80 years old and said he had to practice. And somebody said, you're 80 years old. Why are you practicing? And he said, well, I think I'm just starting to get somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. I'm yeah. just starting to make progress. I'm getting, yeah, yeah. I'm still getting better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good to set those, uh, ex- manage your expectations All when right. it comes to practice. Right. Cool. All right, we're, we're at 18. Do I we're at eight. Senior? Rule 18. Go yeah. for it. All right. No complaining about your range unless you practice range every day. But I don't understand. <laughs> Let me make this very clear. For you. <laughs> I've had a number of people come into my office and they want to take like one lesson they're visiting, coming through. And I'll say, well, what, do you want to, what would you like to work on? Well, can we work on range? I'm like, of course, I'd be happy to work on range with you. What do you do right now to practice range every day? And way over half of the time, the response I get is either, what? A blank stare or, well, nothing. And I said, well, great. This is going to be really easy. (laughs) If you'd like to get better at range, you need to make that part of your daily practice, playing the entire range of the horn. And it really is that simple. If you're smart about addressing it and going about it in smart ways, and there are a number of great ways to go about it, Mm -hmm. you'll get better at it. It really is that simple. Yeah. But most people would rather just say, well, I guess I wasn't born with it, so I'm just going to complain that I can only do this and other people can do other stuff. Right. And then they just give up on it or switch to cornet. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm playing double pedals on the wax cylinder. So right. right. <laughs> just give up. Don't play that other end of the horn. Yeah. We always assume range or high notes. Easier than his, his range is uh, <laughs> yeah. extended the other direction. 
Uh, Greg, Brian, 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 you got number 19? Yeah, come on, Brian. So, so number 19, good teaching is more than just good modeling. Again, I don't from, understand. From, <laughs> <laughs> the You're going to have to clear this up for Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but right. if I just play it. <laughs> then they'll get better. So I had, I had a friend who was in a lesson with a very famous trumpet teacher and player. And uh, a series of lessons, actually. And uh, he said every week he would go in and he would play his excerpt. And the, and the teacher would say, no, 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 do it, do it like this. And he would, and the teacher would play it, and it would be absolutely brilliant. And then the student would say, "Okay," and he would play it again. And the teacher would say, "No, no, no, just do it like this." And this went on basically his entire undergrad. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> Four years. He said, "If I could do that, I wouldn't need to be there in the lesson." Right. And yeah. th there's value to it, right? There's value into being in the same room with someone who has studied, and and you can play and model for students. But that is not the entire thing. It's you got to more than that. It's got to be more than that. Got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take number 20 because I think you guys are going to enjoy this. <laughs> There's so many ways to say this, but we're going to keep it super PG. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> that is some really, really good trumpet advice right there. Right. The end of the chart, just because you can cap it. Yeah. Doesn't mean you should, especially if you're sitting in concert band. <laughs> or if you're on the third part. Or if you're on the third part. Yes. Wow. There it is. <laughs> yes. One I played it when I first moved to Miami, I showed up on it was like a you know freelance big band gig and I heard the guy warming up and he's obviously very proud of some high notes he's warming up with over there. <laughs> so it might have been the first, second, early on, early in the set. We get to the end and he decides to go put some high notes on top. I don't know him and I want to be nice. I want to make friends. So I wait and, and I pass him the next lead chart. And then I heard him sight read. And then I knew why I was on lead. Because <laughs> he certainly had chops. Right. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. And here's the thing. He kind of knew it. He, he knew he'd folded, you know, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Did uh, did that cover the capping of uh, chords for the rest of the night? It, it did. It stopped yeah. after that. Good for How him. about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's now, a that great... to, now to be to be fair, I think there are times where it can be appropriate for maybe a little extra here and there. But knowing when that is is mm. also a learned skill. There are times to do that, and like we're saying, the rule here: there aren't just because you can doesn't mean that is a good time. Right. This is the thing about brass band. Never happens because even if it does, no one will hear it. It's a cornet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. It's just. You're not burying anybody with that thing. Futile. Yeah, uh, completely I think futile. with an E-flat cornet, I could lay some way somewhere. Soprano is no. a different animal. That is a different story. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, I think you should take rule 21. This was, uh, this was your contribution. <laughs> That's right. This is important. Rule 21. Endurance only matters. If you want to make it to the end. <laughs> Beyond that, don't make it a priority. Yep. So that no. shouldn't be a priority. Why would you worry about that? I mean, I sound really great for those first four bars. Yeah. That's one of my Killed favorite it. questions in a lesson. So how do you think you sounded at the end compared to the beginning? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. There it is. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, I'll take 22. Rule 22. Early is on time. On time is late. Late is unemployed. This is a this is an old cliche for a reason. For a reason. These are those things that I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, whatever. I've heard that. Right. If you have you've got a gig that's supposed to start at seven o'clock and you walk in the door at seven o'clock, mm. no, this is not okay. Now, what I I had there was a band leader I worked with in Chicago who kind of liked to stretch the time on both ends. He'd like to always, if you ever be there, he'd like to start a little early. And he'd mm. like push, if it was like, you know, seven to 10, he'd like to start at like 10 till and go to like 10 or 15 after. You know? This always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because he was also not always paying us what we thought we were worth. <laughs> so what I would what I would do is I always showed up early, you know, so I'd get there, you know, maybe an hour, 45 minutes before, and I would set up all my horns, make sure everything was pulled, everything I knew, like the charts were ready to go. And then I would leave the ballroom until right before the gig. <laughs> so he knew I was there. He knew I was on time. But I'm not starting early. <laughs> right. And if you're showing up late and the band's already playing, 
Well, you're just not you're not getting called yeah. back. That's just all that is. Yeah. That's just simple. Nobody's going to call and tell you, hey, you know, the last time I noticed you were a little bit late to the gig. So the next time, let's make sure you're on time. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't call you. Yeah. yeah. There is no next time. Exactly. Because it doesn't matter really how good you are if you're not in your chair. Yeah. Well, I, it I will say. It doesn't really matter. I, I played with the Utah Symphony a couple of years ago. They were doing La La Land, the movie, right? So mm. they're doing that whole score. So I had everything set up. I got my flight gun in the night before the rehearsal. So I wake up early. I'm practicing. Just gotten out of the shower. My phone rings, and it's the personnel manager. Now, I had written down, and I have email that says the rehearsal is at 1 o'clock, right? So mm -hmm. it's 9.45 at this point, and it's the personnel manager saying, uh, Joey, just want to make sure I don't see you here. And I said, why would I be there? It's a 1 o'clock rehearsal. He says, oh, yeah, that got changed. It's a 10 o'clock rehearsal. <laughs> and I said, I'm on my way. So, you know, I, I you know, got dressed and uh, they uh, put me up relatively close to the hall. So it was about a 10 minute walk. I walk in as they're making announcements and I sit down and actually the principal trumpet player out there, uh, Travis, actually was, a, was a, finishing his undergrad at IU when I started. So I mm. knew him a little bit and I walked in and I said, I am very sorry. I had written down something different. I had the email, I, uh, this, and I'd never played with the orchestra before. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm making a bad first impression. Yes. And he says, look around the hall. And I looked, and there's supposed to be some saxophone players there. And so there are about a dozen empty chairs. And he says, <laughs> wow. those are all of the extras. He didn't tell. We, we know. He, he didn't tell. We him already that. knew that that email didn't get. It went to the orchestra, but it didn't get to everybody else. Right. He says, you're fine. We know. You know but, I, but even with that, I was in the door at 958. Wow. You know? yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the commitment, right? Yeah. That's it. Um. Brian, why don't you take uh, 23? This clearly comes out of the brass band world. And it is, well, it's related to Rule 18. It, Definitely it, related this, to Rule 18. It deserves to stand on its own. Yeah, and Rule rule 7. Um, yes. High notes don't get better by showering them with hope. <laughs> <laughs> but if I really, really want it, won't that do it? I do. I pray to the high note gods. <laughs> I will get them. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I listen. I listen to the recording. <laughs> I know how it goes. Yeah, that's yeah, right. There it is. Pay your dues, right? Yeah, do the work. Yeah. Rule eighteen: Don't complain about range unless you practice range. And then Brian referred us back to seven: daily practice, non-negotiable. There seems to be a theme. There is some sort of theme there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey, uh, why don't you take twenty-four? Yeah, th this one's mine. Yeah. If every group you're in has problems, <laughs> what do they all have in common? <laughs> <laughs> I had a student years ago, um, one of my first students here at IU, came in in his junior year and started talking about how all the jazz band trumpet sections just all have problems. He said, every single one I've been in, they just never get along. And I said to him, <laughs> what do they all have in common? And he got very quiet very fast. <laughs> Well, are you saying? I, said, I think that one place you should look. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, if you've seen Rounders, you know, very good movie about poker. Great mm -hmm. movie. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. It says, you know, if you can't spot the sucker at the table in the first 10 minutes, it's you. Which is great, right? So, yeah, have some self awareness with these things. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's very hard. Uh, you know, when we're talking about either sound or tuning or pitch or personalities, rarely do people at first think, what if it's me? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's something that needs you need to be aware of. Yeah, that, that's that's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Right. You're tuning. Yeah. It's really out of tune. You stop playing and it instantly gets better. <laughs> uh, you know, um, oops. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as we're quoting movies, I'll go with Justified on this one. The great FX series Justified, right? You yes. said and movies, and, and then you went to TV. Well, I went you to TV, but it, it's a series. That's, that's not anyway, a movie. It's and a these TV are movie. rules and not guidelines. So there's the thing. <laughs> You're the one that said guidelines. They're rules. <laughs> Don't step a, a smidgen out, Bill. He will get you every oh, time. Trust me, I know. <laughs> All right, so you're going to move from movies to TV. I'm going to go to TV. <laughs> All right. And let's be clear, I've watched it on Netflix and now Hulu. <laughs> so it's not. Time's in. <laughs> so it's not on TV. You're watching it on a computer. I'm watching it on a TV. Okay. Uh, and he says, and I'll water this down. If the first person you meet 
in the day as a butthead, he might be a butthead. But if every person you meet after that's a butthead, it might be you that's the butthead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. That's, that's good. real good. Real good. Elmore Lane. All right. Why don't you, you finish us off here with uh, 25? Round us out 25. Rule 25 the trumpet is God's instrument. There it well, is. Of course, from you there from, it you is. Know, the, the Catholic school you teach. Well, right there. you know, right. Catholic <laughs> university, please. Um, <laughs> yes. The university's a school. <laughs> and, then Brian, and then Brian, you notice he's never wrong. Never you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Never once. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say college. I said school. <laughs> Generic term. So good. Uh, yeah. So, you know, go looking in the Bible if you like for the clarinet. It's not in there. <laughs> but, Is that what people are doing? Are they searching yeah, the Bible? Yeah, totally searching their instruments in the Bible for the Bible. They're hoping it's not there. The trumpet is it. We are okay, the how, chosen ones. How, how many? And. and this is regardless of religion. We're certainly not talking religion here. But how many trumpet players do you know that have named their son Gabriel? A ton. <laughs> A metric ton. I know. Yes. That only comes from one place. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's funny, history, right? To bring it to a rousing close, they don't add the woodwinds. Yep. Right. Exactly. No. They it, add the brass. It's the brass, and it's usually us pulling the wagon. Yeah. We just want to show everybody how it goes exactly get everybody home so we the rules i think i think there's got to be a second edition of the rules right we had some things that didn't make the top 25 these are just the these are just the top 25 and this is just part one and these are posted on the uh, wtf website if you need to know what they are they're there for you to go and peruse learn learn them live them did you say if you need to know what they are you do need to know what they you need to know what they are yes and follow the rules they are the rules. They are. Right. And now, and now, boys, it's time for No Offense. Today's topic, not following the rules. <laughs> I didn't Come on. think it, that's not allowed, is it? Right. We just spelled it out for you. Don't be that person. Follow the rules. It's very simple. If you're not following the rules, you are. You're doing, doing it wrong. It wrong. And that's, that's going to be one of the first World Trumpet Federation t-shirts that we release. You're, You're doing, doing it wrong. It wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be in t-shirt and hoodie. And uh, no, yeah. turtlenecks. Hood, no turtlenecks. Turtleneck. No, no turtlenecks. No, we did have a request for World Trumpet Federation turtleneck. But this is not the World Conducting Federation. There it is. And the hoodies are going to be some lo- working on some lovely colors right now, including, of course, pink. Of course. Mm-hmm. How do we not have that? No, I, I think it's that. It's you know, vital. It's, it's, it's vital. Yeah. It'll be the first one in it. stock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The good part uh, of, of, of us having some say in this is that there will be pink in very large sizes. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I will be choosing, which makes me very happy. I, I wasn't going to bring up the size range, but since you did. I, I think anybody who knows us knows I'm a bit of a giant. So it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's not a secret. Yeah, that'll be it. You, when you look on the website, 3X pink will be out. <laughs> yes, out of Hold stock. Out. It'll say, you receive an email when available. You'll receive an email when Joey stops stealing them all. <laughs> yeah, there will be a, we'll have a stack of medium gray. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be, they'll be everywhere. But no offense, follow the rules, right? Get on board with us. Get on board with the World Trumpet Federation. Follow the rules. We're helping. Yes. We're here to help. Yes. It'll make everybody's life easier. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, listen, boys, that about does it for today. Thanks, everyone, for joining us here on The Open Bell. Stay tuned, subscribe to whatever works for you. We appreciate your patronage, patience, and perseverance. Special thanks again to Cromer Music for being our our patrons and our supporters for today. And, of course, come visit us at worldtrumpetfederation.com. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.